So um, and and that 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 that's um, you know what the new world vampires basically ran into when they left the old world of being persecuted and forced to to work for the 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 elders and expand their empires. Yes, this is absolutely right? an, uh, what we do in the shadows is an allegory for modern day labor struggles. Let's go. Black Market Toast Podcast, where we take a piece of media out of the cupboard, dust it off, toast it up, and serve it as something completely new. This is episode number 127, and Joe had a suggestion last time, so we're jumping off of uh, the TV series, uh, What We Do in the Shadows. Yes, yes we are. Um, so, a TV show that was based off the movie, which was kind of cult classic-ish, yeah, I guess yeah. The, I mean, it, it definitely wasn't a hit by any stretch, but it, it has a a pretty loyal following. Um, yeah, obviously, if it's on a TV show, I mean it it it's as big a hit as any uh, New Zealand comedy would be. I mean, it's an international you know film. I believe it was actually made by New Zealand, not by Hollywood. So, oh really? It, uh, it, no, if that you're I didn't going. I think I, I think that's the case. I'm not 100% sure on that. But, you know, if we're going by that measurement, then it is a super smash hit. Because um, you don't get many international films out of New Zealand. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it brought in Jemaine Clement from uh, Flight of the Concords uh, for the film. For the film. Right, right, um, right. right. And, and was basically everyone's introduction to Taika Waititi. Yeah, that that was actually what I was going to say was this is the first I had ever heard of Taika Waititi. Um, yeah, yeah. And of course now he's everywhere. I mean, it, it, yeah, he's, yeah. you know, doing things with with Marvel and he's, you know, Jojo Rabbit was really good. Right. Um, with, with, without the film that inspired this TV series, which we will get to uh, in a minute, without this film, um, we would not have Thor Ragnarok or at least not in the uh, in the uh, form that we got it. Really, was that the so? Uh, I'm assuming somebody well, I mean, at Marvel because the Taika Waititi had had the had the had the reins on that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that he did Thor Ragnarok, but I didn't know that. Uh, like, well, I mean, uh, I guess they this, saw the movie was, and was. Yeah, I mean, this was his break into into the mainstream. So yeah, nothing nothing else really came out between that and Ragnarok. Um, Jojo Rabbit came out after. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, this was this was this was his jump into into the the you know the director universe, I guess. You know, huh. just like John John Favreau went from a uh, swingers level stuff to suddenly doing Iron Man. You know, right? Yeah, which I mean, and that's what kind of uh, struck me off guard was because you know you're going from this like two million dollar budget film to you're doing something that's a hundred times that, but, if not more. I mean, Marvel has has a history of doing that. I mean, the, the big architects of of a lot of their Avengers stuff are the Russo Russo brothers who were doing you know who were doing Community. You know, they were doing TV shows before before they jumped over to to the big Endgame stuff. You know, so Marvel has a way of of seeing the talent and going, okay, I see what they can do with with a low budget, and I I. I can see something in there that makes me think they can handle, 
you know, this bigger project. And it may be that they just have enough of an infrastructure in place where it's n- the the budget and 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 the effects portion isn't a problem like you would think it would be jumping from small scale to large scale. Yeah, it just I guess just kind of seeing the talent and then extrapolating mm-hmm. it over a large budget. I, I, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, but yeah. the show. So, yeah, <laughs> good. So anyway, yeah, they they took this uh, basically this this movie and they brought it over to to the uh, to to the small screen and they didn't get Jermaine Clement, but they they pulled in Matthew Barry or Matt Barry, um, who was in the IT crowd, among other things. Snuffbox. Uh, British actor. And, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he he pops up everywhere, and he's hilarious everywhere he goes. Yes, yes. And and, and basically just, you know, stretched it out into... Uh, basically, you know, every, everybody thinks their Vampire the Masquerade campaign is Underworld, but in actuality, it's what we do in the shadows. Yes, absolutely it is. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> it is goofy and quirky and everyone's super socially awkward. And yeah, it's, it's absolutely this show. And, and, and self-important. And yes, yes and, every, <laughs> and, and they, think, they think it is all that it should be. Yes, this is... And, and there is, is always th- one person in there that's just kind of a buzzkill. Yes, yes. Yeah. This, is, this is your tabletop role-playing group. You know, making a you know, we made a TV show of what actually happens in your games. Yeah, for sure, for sure. You've got yeah, the yeah. the guy who's a drag on everybody. You've got the guy who thinks yeah, yeah, things are way yeah. too important. You've got the overall goofball, and then there's usually a girl in there somewhere. I I do love that they brought in the the uh, psychic the psychic vampire to just kind of bring everything down. With um, the, you know, at, that was at, a at the perfect stroke. moments to do yeah. so. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's he is Buzz Killington. He comes in like at the perfect time, usually every couple of episodes, and just mm-hmm. deflates everything. Yeah, yeah. When 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 suddenly everything's actually going right, he is the foil to make it go to shit. And right, just right. In, in the most boring way, you know, it, it, it's this subtle, just kind of everything falls apart suddenly. Yeah, right. And that's really kind of the beauty of it is the fact that like. He's the most boring character, obviously, and he's mm-hmm. the strongest vampire by far. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know, and, and usually he comes in and he bores them, and then they end up doing something completely overreactionary because they want to get away from his boredom, and that's that's what that that's what kills their their plans, you know? Yeah, yeah. Is oh, we had this good plan, and then he showed up, mm-hmm. and then we had to punt, and that it didn't work. Um, but, you know, so, maybe. Good. Maybe maybe the the actual main character is is the uh, is the ghoul who may or may not ever be given vampirism. You know, he he's the one who 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 is supposed to do all of their main tasks during the day and when they're sleeping and clean the house and blah blah blah. All with the you know the carrot at the end of the stick um, that he may be turned into a vampire and. And you know that that tends to never happen. Uh, so and it's kind of, I I think that it's mostly kind of told through his perspective, uh, not necessarily you know. It's not necessarily um, heavy on that, but it kind of feels like it's it's his it's his story to tell. You know. Yeah, Guillermo is definitely the eyes and ears of the That's viewer. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, I think you're right, though. I think it kind of is his story. And, you know, you could get real meta and say that, like, it isn't actually happening. This is just kind of him, like, retelling it in his mind, which is why everybody's overly goofy, overly exaggerated. <laughs> you know, that he may yeah. just be a bitter, like, ex-familiar that is just, mm-hmm. you know, kind of doing this tell-all in his head. I just, that's just headcanon, you know, but I could easily yeah. see that being the case. But it, it is know, definitely, I think it's definitely his story. To find out. Yeah. 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 But I, I do think it's his story. And I mean, he is a very good character. Um, I think, what is it? Two or three episodes in, he realizes just how bad he has it. Yeah. You know, where he goes to the, the club with the other familiars and they're talking about like how good everything is. And then he's like, Oh, you get he's this. Like, uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, 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 you get, you get days off. What? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's... Yeah. it's like, uh, it, yeah, it's the uh, it's the uh, the labor talks, you know, the, the the people talking about their jobs right now in yeah. the world. Yeah, yeah. If, if yeah. you're listening and someone asks you at work what you get paid, tell them. It's important. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, it's it it it's less important if you're in a in a closed union shop where you don't actually negotiate your salaries. But right, we all know what you get paid all. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in a closed shop, I know what you get paid because you're getting paid what I'm yes. getting paid. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but for most of y'all, yeah, talk talk to each other. Yeah, try to make sure that everybody's getting paid about the same thing. Um, yeah, and if yeah. you think you're that much better than that person then then um you know maybe uh maybe bring that up i don't know depends yeah. on your ability yeah to uh to talk to people which kind of sucks because the person who can do the job isn't necessarily the person who can talk to people good that is usually correct <laughs> yes uh, so for me, like what this show does and it, as it goes on, I think it does a better and better job is mm-hmm. using special guest stars and making them like very memorable characters. Okay. Um, so I could start like Nick Kroll's really the first one you see, right? Um, when they go to the okay. nightclub in season one, but I mean, later you get, I mean, like Kristen Shaw's in it. Uh, yeah. Dave Batista is in it, which is funny because mm-hmm. he he's basically playing Drax but a vampire. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I what Danny Trejo's in it. Paul Rubens is in it. I mean, they put Pee Wee Herman mm-hmm. on there. Um, Craig Robinson, Mark Hamill is is fantastic in his role because he's great in yeah. everything. Um, right, but they use the special guest star really, really effectively. Right, and, and and thankfully everybody coming in as a special guest star, guest star knows that it's probably going to end badly, uh, because yeah, because that's the way the show goes. You, you you bring somebody in, and you have to have a reason they're not coming back, so it has to go to shit, uh, you know. Right. <laughs> right, but I mean, they also know that they're doing this kind of fun thing, and it's just yeah. kind of a goofy one-off, and you can have fun with mm-hmm. it. Um, yes, like yes. Wesley Snipes coming in as Wesley the Daywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where I mean, you know, everyone, you know, thinks he's a vampire hunter and he has to deny it. When I mean, it's right. it is very meta and it's uh, I do like in a show like this, I like it if you break the fourth wall a little bit and yeah, you know, yeah. just kind of <laughs> let the crowd in on the joke. Um, right. I, I think it's really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. It, it's. 
it's definitely comedy over horror. There's not, there's nothing to be scared about with this show. No, no, <laughs> it nothing is, at all. It is, it is pointing at the absurd, the absurdity of of the anachronism, uh, and just kind of the, the I don't know, maybe the uh, the the tendency of humanity towards uh, just kind of falling into their own patterns rather than, you know, seeking the, uh, seeking the grand uh, titles and, 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 uh, and roles that they, they, they think that they should have, you know, you, you, you more fall back into just kind of day to day life, just kind of do your thing. Even if you were, you know, sent to the new world to take over and rule, you know? Yeah. But I mean, the, and that's to your point, you know, everyone's like, Oh, you know, you just kind of get sucked into the day to day humdrum of life. Um, and you know, Oh, and next thing you know, years have passed by. Well, what if you're immortal? You know, years become decades become like a century and a half. And you're just kind of sitting there like, Oh yeah. What am I supposed to be doing that thing? Yeah. And then, yeah, and then suddenly your elder comes to 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 check on your progress. Yes, yes. Right. Yeah. The boss and shows the, up, and you've got to figure out how to do you know a century and a half worth of work in you know a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, it's you know basically, yeah, junior high, the vampire series. Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Your shit's but it's due a, now. Yeah, yeah shit was due yesterday. <laughs> I'm working on it tomorrow. <laughs> But I mean, it is a, I do like that it, it does show like how quickly, like things can just kind of get away from you. If you have these dreams and these goals and mm-hmm. you just kind of let it get lost in the, the kind of the greater minutia of life. And that's and then you okay. Just, yeah, it's okay. That's okay. I mean, yeah, I mean, if there's anything that billionaires launching themselves into space shows us it's that good people don't end up as the billionaires who launch themselves into space yeah oh that's and that's a whole nother bitch and a whole nother argument because these guys i don't know they and then to have kind of the gall to be like oh i think all of my employees for me getting to put on a a glorified jumper and get my dick rocket and go to, you know, the troposphere. Like really? No, well, no, no, it's for, first, let me hand a hundred million dollars to each of the first two well-off people that are there, you know, that are already in backstage to see this. The right. first two well-off people that I see, I'm going to hand a hundred million dollars as if that's not fucking blind enough. Then they go, yeah. Then they go and say, "Thanks to all of the, uh, all of the, uh, all of the uh, the workers who you know can't even take a fucking piss break, and all the customers who are forced to uh, buy from me because I have a, basically a monopoly over everything now. So thanks to all the uh, all the people I stepped on to get to this place." Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, and that's really the irritating part about it. You talk about giving away two hundred million dollars. No, I'm not right. going to give a thousand dollar bonus to all like two hundred thousand of my workers. Oh, why would I do something stupid like that? They're too well, busy and, pissing and be- in a bottle to spend it anyway. Yeah, because if you did that, you wouldn't have any workers because you treat them like shit and they'd quit if yeah. they had money. Yeah, if they much. weren't, 
if they weren't scraping by and depending on that to get fucking ramen noodles to subsist off of, not live, but subsist off of, then yeah, if you don't keep them down, then you won't have any workers because you treat them so bad that they would leave if given any opportunity to, to have a life. Well, which is what we're seeing now. I mean, you're seeing, oh, you know, we can't get anybody to work at Burger King. Well, yeah. What does Burger King pay? Right. Right. Because there, there was, there was a, a, a a solid block of time where you told your, your, your employees that they couldn't work. And some of them, you know, you, you, you you put them on benefits or whatever. And they went and took a class or bettered themselves in some way or just decided, you know, that job was shit. I'm never going back there. And now you have people who have who who are looking for better jobs and will never go back to the shitty place that they were before. And now these shitty bosses who don't pay enough and work their freaking minimum wage workers to the bone complaining because they can't get any minimum wage workers to abuse and it's fucking ridiculous yeah and i mean and you're right when i worked in food service i mean i always mm-hmm. joke that we had the most educated wait staff you know in charleston because we all had college yeah, yeah. degrees we were all you know very well educated we had options we chose yeah. to work this job for a while but between you know the pandemic And when people did start, you know, immediately the first thing all these restaurants did was kick everybody's ass out on the street. You know, it wasn't just that. All these minimum wage jobs, the first thing they did, the first millisecond that they could, kicked everybody's ass out on the street. And then six months later, want everybody to come back. And the environment they're coming back to is more dangerous and way more toxic. Yeah, less people. Right. There's, there's less, less people because people aren't coming back. So right. you're going to be people that are even coming harder. back are the yeah. worst kind of people. So you're making less mm-hmm. money dealing with worse people. And you've just spent a year and a half figuring out what your options are. And, and you've just, them. you've just spent a year and a half where you see the entire world start to understand what kind of people customer service has to deal with on a day to day basis. Because, right. We, we 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 are all acutely aware that people are shitty and yeah. i don't think anyone anyone does not understand that at this point um especially anyone who would be going back into those jobs yeah uh, and i mean you're absolutely right and you know i feel no sympathy for any of these people because you know what rarely if ever do i see one of these restaurant you know owners that are complaining about service i don't see them washing dishes I don't see them right. popping behind a grill. I see most of them sitting on their ass in the office and bitching. Mm-hmm. So you know and what? Just, why just don't you do the shit? Right. Yep. If you're yep. too good for the work, then why is someone else not good enough for the work? Yep. You know, and that's that's always been my complaint. You know, what I will give the the owner that I had when I worked in food service was that mm-hmm. if the grill got behind. He would leave whatever he was doing, which was usually mm-hmm. running food, talking to people, doing his job. He would throw on an apron and he'd go back there yep. and bust ass until it got caught up. And then he'd go figure out what other hole in the boat needed to be plugged and he'd go plug yeah. it. I've seen the yeah. dude who easily cleared a quarter million a year back there washing dishes because this needed to be done. 
Like, I get that. But if you're not willing that, to put that, that kind of work in, in whatever business you're running, when you complain about being short staff, then you're not. You're just an owner. You, you're you not a manager. Right. You're not, you know, a supervisor. You're just the owner. Yep. No sympathy at all. Yeah. I mean, if you're not willing to do for 250 grand a year what you're expecting somebody else to do for $5 an hour or $7 an hour, whatever it is now, then, um, yeah, how do you expect them to, how do you expect to convince them to do it? Yeah. I mean, dead ass. If our company came to me tomorrow and said, hey, buddy, we're going to pay you $250,000 a year. We want you to go pick up sp- the side of the, you know, done. What time do you want me to start? I'll be there. <laughs> cool. Let's do it, man. <laughs> you want me to clean the toilets in the office? All right. Let's, let's get a brush. Let's do some work. Yeah. Yeah. Because is a completely uh, arbitrary thing that has nothing to do with our jobs. That is correct. That is correct. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it would, but you get what I'm saying. I mean, if... Yeah, yeah. In the famous words of the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, everybody's got a price. I know my price. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you meet yeah. my price, I'll do whatever you want. And, but the, and, and even then, the thing is, if it's shitty, I'm just going to make that 250 grand until I've got enough figured out where I don't have to do this shitty job anymore. You know? For sure. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, I mean, sure. Could, yeah. I mean, if if your job is shitty, even if you pay them well, it's still going to be something they're going to be bouncing off of as soon as they can figure out a, another way to, 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 to keep going. Um, so, yeah. And it so just basically, happened that we had something that happened for a year and a half that gave everybody a little bit of money and some options. Yep, a little bit of a little bit of space to step back and go. No, no, I'm not going back to that. And and I I think in the long run we're going to end up better for it. But a lot of shit is going to end up closing, and there's going to be a lot of turmoil in the interim. But we'll get there, right? I mean, I agree, and I mean maybe this is a, a bad analogy, but you know, for a lot of these workers. Like any mm-hmm. abusive relationship, the further, the more distance you put between being in it and being away from it, the more mm-hmm. you realize how bad it was. You know? Yeah. Because for a lot of these people, I'm sure that they either explained away or didn't quite realize how bad their situation was until they were away from it. Yeah. Yeah. And until I mean, they some had, of these, until they had a breather. Yeah. Well, I mean, and some of these people, you know, uh, I know a guy um, at a company similar to ours. That mm-hmm. was hired. They were working him 60 to 80 hours a week. Mm-hmm. And he didn't realize, you know, and he just got burned out. And then he yeah. went and took a job, you know, making probably half of what he was making. But he's working first shift Monday through Friday in an office 40 hours there a week. Go. And he'll never come back. Right. Yeah. And yeah. And. And, and hell, and hell, a bunch of them got a chance to uh, to work from home, and a, a whole bunch of them are, are are like, I don't ever want to go back to commuting again. I don't actually want to see you assholes. Yeah, I don't right actually want to see you. <laughs> I don't actually want to see you assholes in the hallway. So yeah. yeah, I don't want to go back to the office. That's just where we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, you mean after two and a half years of separating me from my wife and my friends and my family? I get to work from home for a while and you expect me to be happy to go back to living two hours away. Nope. Nope. So, yeah. So, um, and, and that, that, 
that that's um you know what the new world vampires basically ran into when they left the old world of being persecuted and forced to to work for the 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 elders and expand their empires right yes, this is absolutely an uh, what we do in the shadows is an allegory for modern day labor struggles yes yes it's it's prescient <laughs> in that way it it, it was it it, it, you could, you know, call Taika Waititi uh, uh, the Nostradamus of our times. Yeah. Yeah, and I, but I mean, given his his history and his style of making movies, if you explained I mean, yeah. it that way to somebody, they might believe you. <laughs> and also, he might go, "Yeah, that's what I meant." Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what I meant. A hundred percent. He might be like, "Oh, so you understood it? Okay." Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm glad somebody got it. Good for you. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I thought it was a bit obscure of a metaphor, but I guess someone understood. Good job. Bro- yeah. Somebody broke through the clouds and got to the sunshine on the other side. There we go. There we go. Um, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about what we do in the shadows? Um, I mean, if if you haven't had a chance to watch the show, I absolutely would say go out of your way to watch it. Um, mm-hmm. it is, it is on Hulu. It's a, it's an FX show. It's on Hulu. Yeah. So yeah, it's on that's Hulu. Where, that's where you watch it. 20, 25 minutes an episode. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It's lighthearted. Don't take it too seriously. Enjoy it. Um, two seasons, and, yeah. both seasons are excellent. Yeah. Right. Third season is coming out. I think it's mm-hmm. late Soon. this year. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. it's in October. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely get caught up before season three. I think it's uh, definitely worth it. Okay. Um, do you, do, if you don't have any ideas for next time, I got one. I do not. Fire when ready. Okay. Uh, we, we had, you know, when, when the Netflix Marvel shows were coming out, we, we were jumping on each of them as they came out and we haven't talked about any of the new Marvel shows that have been coming out and there's That's a true. lot to talk about. Um, and I just started rewatching Loki, uh, for the second time through, uh, with my wife. So, uh, Let's jump on Loki in a couple of weeks, and we can Absolutely. hit we can hit Wandavision and Falcon and Winter Soldier if, if we need to. But there is plenty to talk about with just Loki. Yeah, um, yeah, there absolutely so, is. So, so uh, let, let's do that. We'll do Loki for next time. It is on Disney Plus. If anyone needs to find it, uh, and it, I believe it's exclusively there, you can't really get it anywhere else. So. Um, until then, I am at Woodle underscore on the Instagram, and you are? My Instagram is I'm that Joe you know. And we will talk at you next time.
Till then.